so on days I don't speak and preach, I turn into the fifth child. So I wake up at like, I don't know, it's like quarter till nine today. And uh, usually like if I'm preaching, I'm up at 6.37. And uh, I was like, I wake up, I was like, is there anything you need me to help with? Like kids or like breakfast or anything? So like, I've already got it taken care of. So, but I got a little joke for her because she tends to leave things out too. I thought he was going to say more than that. He propped my oatmeal bowl up. How many of you know about me and my oatmeal addiction? There should be a fair amount of you. <laughs> well, one time last year, I had this bowl. I have a bowl that I always eat my oatmeal out of, like my oatmeal, and I get a scoop of peanut butter, and I sprinkle some cinnamon, and it's just my habit. I love it. It fills me. I look forward to eating it. I don't know. That's just my habit, okay? And so anyways, I brought it to church one Sunday because Sunday mornings, I usually would drag it in with me. And we get up to the room to pray with, like, the worship team and everybody, and we're praying and stuff, and everybody's knocking on me because of my oatmeal. And I, I was like, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I took it out, and I put my oatmeal bowl on the table back in the office by my stuff so that I knew where it was at, and I would take it home. I promise you, I get out, I get, like, it's like this portion of church. Like, church wasn't even over yet, and I go in the office, and it's gone. And I was like, these people are messing with me. Oh, and I forgot to say, like, I have a special spoon, too. This is the spoon. And it was gone. And I was like, oh, they're messing with me. I know so, you know. And so I go to the kitchen. It's, I couldn't find it. I look in the dishwasher. I couldn't find it. Like, I think I text. I may have asked either Leah or somebody. A couple weeks go by. It never shows up. Regardless, like, I think I found it in February or something. It was in the kitchen. And in the meantime, I got new bowls. But I don't know. The story had no point except that. You don't mess with my oatmeal bowl. <laughs> so anyway, okay. Um, and also, not only did he get up at 8.45 and say, well, what do you need to do? And me say, I have it under control. Well, why wouldn't I by 8.45 if we're supposed to leave by 9.15? You know, so you make me look like I'm a hag, but I mean, I kind of can be, but it's fine. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'm so happy you guys are here this morning. And uh, as much as I stress out about getting up here to speak, and I do get nervous about it, um, I do. I did have this opportunity where Josh was already supposed to be up here, but I do feel like the past couple months that we've been gone, I do feel this missing link in my heart. And I don't. I just don't. I don't say that lightly. I know I say it last week, but I just miss being here and being with you guys. And I hope that you feel the authenticity and the realness of how much we do love and value you and just if you're here one time ten times every other week whatever it's just you're part of us and and so when someone's missing I was just actually saying this to Brett this morning when he was here I said you know each one of you carries a specific part of the body and and even as much as the people in this room all bring a dynamic piece to the body when you're missing we feel it and we may not realize, like, I may not have realized, like, I'm missing something this morning. I may not have necessarily realized, like, that it was I was missing Brett's presence, you know. But it's true. When you're not here, you are felt, you are missed. And you bring some dynamic to the body of Christ that all of us need. And so just, I don't know why this is just so highlighted. Maybe just because we've been gone so much over the past couple months that I just recognize, like, I miss my parts of the body, you know. And, uh. So anyways, I'm just, I'm happy to be here. I'm thankful, and I'm just, I always like to say this. Thank you for giving your time because your time is valuable. And so for you to choose to sit here and let me talk to you and you choose to listen, that's, sh like, I want you to know, like, I value that. 
because you could have been sitting anywhere else. You could have went somewhere else. You could have slept in. You could have, you know, I don't know, done something else. And so I just want you to know, like, I value you. Um, I don't know why I said that. All right. So we're leading up to, obviously, this, uh, this Easter season. Um, it's been st- we've talked about it a lot today, and I'm sure leading up to it, you've heard a lot about it. Um, a lot of different churches will refer to this as this Lent season. How many of you have heard of, like, this is referred to as the Lent season? It's the 40 days leading up to Easter. And so I just kind of want to acknowledge, like, you know, as, as upper room, it's not something that we talk about a lot or draw attention to or say, like, this is specifically Lent season. But I felt like the Lord was just pressing on me, like, this idea of preparedness for what we're entering into. And um, and so when when people refer to Lent, really what that is is just, just preparation for Easter. It also kind of is uh, similar in representing the time that Jesus spent 40 days of fasting. And so he was being specific, hearing from the Lord, preparing for what was about to happen. And I felt this week that as I was kind of leaning into this, I mean, I spoke this, a little blurb of this when we were in Mexico. And I just, I was like, Lord, I want to make sure that this is what you want for this body today. And so just as I was thinking into that, I just felt like uh, that his heart for us is that we would be intentional to prepare ourselves for what this season can be bring to us, not just for what we've typically always known it to be, or what we typically, our thought patterns might be around Easter, like we tend to just say, okay, he died on the cross, he rose again, those are huge, huge deals, I'm not negating that, but I just wonder what if there's more for us um, beyond those things, if that makes sense, and I really feel like there is, and, and how many of you, if you've been coming since June specifically, pretty consistently, Let's be honest. How many of you have felt the Lord stretching you in ways like you've never felt stretched before? Oh, just, I'm just curious. Has anybody felt like the stretching? You know, when I say that, I mean like, oh, that feels like, I don't know. I'm not sure that I really like this. And it might even feel like a little weird. But it's the stretching that you know that the Lord is doing in goodness because he has good things for you. And he's wanting to take you deeper, grow you, strengthen you, change you in a good way. So can you raise your hand again? Because I just, I'm, th- I'm so interested by this. I feel like this is what the Lord is doing. He is stretching us. And man, for the ones who are willing to endure the stretching, I just think that the reward is so amazing. And we don't even have a clue yet what it would be. But also those of you who have felt stretched, how many of you are already feeling like the reward of the stretching? Like you're already recognizing that. Anybody? It's so good. It's so good. Me too. And I love it. And I hate it all at the same time. So anyways, okay, so that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, So maybe some of you have already, like, maybe some of you are already ahead of me, and maybe some of you are already intentionally doing something. I know there's a lot of different people that I've read about and heard and seen that are doing just different fasts and different prayer times and just different things. So maybe some of you are already doing this, um, but if you're not, or even if you are, I just feel like today is a day where we're going to really kind of tackle into our heart and see kind of what, what does the Lord want? What does he want to do? What does he want to stretch? What can I do to prepare from now, between now and, you know, April 17th that we're celebrating Easter? And I believe that then that will continue on into our daily lives, because I don't want to just stop preparing for him just, just so that, uh, for a date, right? I, I, for me, I want this to become something that becomes so contagious and addicting that every single day I'm like 
stretch me more, Lord. What, how can I prepare for what you have for me? I'm not satisfied just with what I'm doing or what I'm sensing or what I know of you. I just want to be, you know, stretched more and more. And so that would be, that would be the goal. That, that would be what, what we want. And so, um, okay, so there's so much opportunity in this season. So like picture any other Sunday of the year, any other time of the year, aside from Christmas, because we tend to like think about him coming and all that, right? But all the other times of the year when we start to get in like the monotony of life and Sunday becomes our, um, this is what we do. And it just becomes our habit, right? Well, we have this opportunity right now, specifically that the Lord is highlighting in this specific season to where it's almost like, hey, other days it might be hard because there's not really anything that we're really thinking about, but right now is this opportunity because there's a lot going on that leads up to his death and resurrection that we sometimes just skip right over. And I know that Corey's going to speak next week, and I'm sure he's going to hit on some of this, but um, some of the opportunity that we have coming up just so that you can get your mind start thinking and your heart to start rolling, here are some of the messages that come along with Easter time. So the whole um, the story of what we know is Palm Sunday, but the triumphant entry, when Jesus rides in on a donkey, what, what is going on in that whole message? Like, I want to, I'm just bringing up some thoughts and some ideas to start to trigger your heart and your spirit, okay? So we've got the triumphant entry, Jesus coming into a city on a donkey, and people throwing down branches and worshiping him. City stopped in a moment just to acknowledge the Messiah who's coming in. There is a message in that just that story right there. Here's another one. The whole idea of the Last Supper and Jesus meeting with his disciples and what took place at the Last Supper. Like, why did he have the Last Supper? Why did he host that? Why, why did he gather the disciples together? What did he do during that time? Wash their feet. What, like, what's that all about? Uh, communion, just like we tapped into today. There's so many different dynamics of that story that we could lean into and we could start to just like unpack and allow the Holy Spirit to begin to minister that could become so personal to us. Like, why do I need to know it? Why do I need to hear it? Why do I need to read about it? Why do I need to know beyond the facts? I don't know like about you, but I tend, uh, my personality is such that like, give me the list and give me the details. I will read it. I will learn it. I will know it. And I will, and all of those things. But then where I can sometimes get stumped is like, that's where it ends for me. I don't keep digging for myself. It's almost like, I just want you to just feed me the pamphlet, give me the book, tell me what the questions on the test are going to be. And, and the Lord has stretched me, and it becomes this idea of applying it and digging in deeper to understand, well, how now does that apply to me? How does that, what do you want me to do in my life about it? You know, and so we have this idea with the Last Supper, the foot washing, the communion. Okay, then, then we have Good Friday. The, the, the Friday, the time leading up to Jesus himself getting hung on the cross. There's the whole dynamic of the two people, on, the people on either side of him. There's a whole message there. One who would be for, with him forever in paradise. What about the other one? Jesus himself in the middle, he was in. I mean, there's so much. What about the, the people that were there with him? What about the whole story with Pontius Pilate? I mean, there's so much to that story. Um, and then what happens after that? The burial, the whole the story with the tomb, who went, what did they do with the linens? I mean, all of these pieces. It's not just, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, it's not just a story where you read and now you know those things. I think that the beauty 
of the Lord is that he wants us to ask the questions like, why? And there are so many messages within the story that goes way beyond what most of us have ever heard about, right? To most of us, it's just, it's a story that is real. And to some of us, it hasn't even really become revelatory, which means like it hasn't even really, like we don't know how to apply it to ourselves. But some of us, yeah, we understand it. We know how it applies to us. But there's so much more in the details that the Lord has for us to understand and learn about him. And so I'm, for, for today, I just, I'm just trying to like prick your heart. Like I want, he wants us to know him so intimately, but we need to ask. We need to get to know him. We need to do the things to ask the questions. We need to understand, Lord, why? Why did you do that? Why did you do this? Why was that person? Where did, why did that person give you their cloak? Why did that person stand there? You know, all of those questions. And then the last other, the uh, other one, and obviously the whole story of the resurrection. Who showed up at the tomb? Who did Jesus appear to afterwards? So do you see what I mean? There's just so much to unpack in all of these stories. So many opportunities. Um, and so it was interesting when Aaron was talking about the in being intentional. He said, I forget what he was referring to, but he said something about the blood. I think it was the blood. Yeah, he's like, the one blood, the, pe the, the drip of blood is so intentional. Because I had looked up the word intentional, and I think what the Lord is asking of us is to be intentional in our relationship with him. This isn't a flippant thing. You know, you, if, if your marriage and your relationship with your spouse is a flippant thing, it's probably going to have some problems, right? You've got to be intentional in your relationships. If your relationships with your children are, are having issues, I wonder if it's because you're just flippant in the relationship. Have you been intentional? And so I look up the word intentional, and it means done on purpose, so when Aaron's talking about what Jesus did on the cross, yeah, it was intentional. He did it on purpose. He purposely did that for each one of us. It means you choose to make decisions and take action on what's important to you. So like that's what's behind this today is the challenge of, is he important to you? Yes. I think for all of us in here, we could say, yes, he's important to me. Okay, now what, are you, what decisions are you going to make to continue to allow him to be more and more and more important, more of the priority in your life. So it's every choice you make, you're doing based on what's important to you. And so to inquire and ask questions about his word and to ask questions about why did that happen? Why did you do this? Why did you have to go? Why did you choose to go to the cross? Why did that person do this? Why did one of the disciples betray you? Like, all of those are the questions that when we're intentional, we make an effort to ask those things. And, and, and so there's beauty in the relationship in that because that's his heart for us. That's what he desires for us. And his word even tells us that when we ask, he will answer. I'm going to read those uh, verses at the end. Um, okay, and so when we talk about being intentional, just to bring it to, like, the natural here, how many of you have ever been like, I'm going to X, Y, Z, I'm going to read a book. I'm going to read a book in a week. And how many of you have six books stacked somewhere with a bookmark like one chapter or five chapters in? Because Aaron better raise his hand because that's like every book that he reads. Okay? <laughs> and I'm guilty. I'm not saying I'm not. <laughs> but that's what I'm talking about is when things are important to us, we make it happen. Right? Um, projects. I mean, how many of you live with someone 
who's maybe started a project in the house. <laughs> Destiny. <laughs> and the project's like halfway done. And then a year goes by and you're still looking at the project halfway done. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like, we have to be intentional in all areas of life and things that are important to us. And honestly, when things are important to us, they get accomplished. How many of you have noticed that? Like, if something's important to you, you'll do it, right? If you want the laundry done, if you don't want to stare at a load of laundry, you'll fold it. So I think sometimes we can use a lot of excuses, but the reality is the purpose and reasoning and decision-making is based on what's important to us and what we're willing to be intentional to accomplish and to, f to learn and find out. Um, okay, so I wanted, I, I'm asking this, yeah, is it important to you? But we know it's important to him for us to want to know him more. And here's why. I'm going to read this, a couple stories about Mary and Martha. So I want you to go to Luke 10, 38 through 42, and I'll read this. 10, and it's the story of Mary and Martha. You've probably heard this story lots of times, and there's a lot of different ways we could go with this, um, but I'm going to go with the way that the reasoning behind why it's important to the Lord that we ask him things, that we be with him. And so it says in verse 38, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Okay, so stop a minute. The first part of that where it says Martha opened her home to him. I think that's really significant because in my mind as I was reading that, I thought, you know, Martha had to start by being vulnerable and opening up to the Lord. And so for all of us, that's where it kind of, I feel like that's where it starts. We've got to be vulnerable and open up and be willing to open ourselves up to him. So it starts there. And then it goes on to say, uh, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the prep that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Okay, so Martha is distracted. Right above that, it says, Mary sat listening at the Lord's feet. So she's at his feet, what? Listening. Because I feel like she knew that there was something real important that he had to say. And so she made an intentional effort to sit at his feet and listen. While Mary, on the other hand, or I'm sorry, Martha, yeah. Martha gets to go on and doing all the chores and doing all the things. And, then I, and I think it's interesting because she goes to Jesus and says, well, I'm doing all of these things. Look what she's doing. Now tell her to help me. And I felt so convicted when I read this a few weeks back because I feel like sometimes I am guilty of telling God what he needs to do. Just like Martha thought that the Lord needed to tell Mary to help. But Jesus goes on to say, no, she has chosen what is better. She recognized and realized what the most important thing was. And I feel like that when the Lord is telling Martha that it's important to him, that Mary was sitting there listening, that I think that it's important to him that we sit with him and listen. And sometimes it's just us sitting there and listening for what he's saying. Other times it's us getting this chance to ask a question and then sitting and listening for the answer. 
Because I think that sometimes we can be really, really good about asking a lot of things. Why is this happening? Why didn't this happen? Why did you do this? And then what we do is we dump on dump and dump, and then we walk away, and we don't wait and listen to what he has to say. And then there's also this other opposite time where it becomes about us, just like with Martha. It was all about her. Why isn't she helping me? I'm doing this myself. It was all about her, and that's what it becomes for us. It's like, it's all about us. Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Have we ever taken a second to even ask him, like, something about him? Lord, tell me more about your character. Like, what's important to you? And so in this season leading up to Easter, I've given you, like, the prompts of ways that you could just start to ask him and to sit at his feet and listen. It's so important to him. Okay, now move on to John 12, 1 through 3. Read this one to you. Yeah. Six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here, a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard and expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Um, I don't know if Mary, I'm sorry, Martha will ever learn her lesson, but don't, I, I say that and I can smile because like, that's me. Like, tick, 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 tick. you're gonna ever learn your lesson? You know? And, and so here she is ser- serving again, which there's nothing wrong with serving. Like, I don't want us to be up here being like, guys, where can you serve? And then you're like, but Nicole, you're saying like, no, there's nothing wrong with serving. But when our serving becomes our only way in which we worship, then that's a problem. Because we can do, we can serve in a really great heart and we can serve unto the Lord. And I can, you know, serve it as a door greeter. And it's like, I'm serving and worshiping the Lord as I do that, but I'm always doing, 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 and I never take the time just to sit, and like Lazarus is sitting at the table reclining. I love that visual. Receiving, listening, being in the presence of God, and hearing what the Lord is wanting to say, and so that's, that's the key there. The other thing I noticed about that, that story was that it was, the Bible made it, made sure to say an expensive perfume, so that means that it cost something. So so choosing to be intentional and to sit in the presence of the Lord and to care and truly want to know his heart and truly want to know what he has for us, it costs us something. And the first thing that comes to my mind, and maybe it's something different for you, but the first thing that comes to my mind is time. Time. It costs us something. But Sometimes we, we start to think, well, I have to sit aside, you know, 30 minutes, and I have to have my quiet time, and, and that is fine. If that is you, and that's how it's going to work for you, perfect, do it. But also, there are those of us who need to figure out a different way. And that might just mean that when you're in the car alone, because I'm sure we all have a moment alone, even if you have kids, at some point they're probably napping, hopefully, or asleep at night, whatever, you need to figure out setting aside the time to be intentional to listen. Just shut up. And just tell your brain to shut up too because I'm my brain just goes a mile a minute. I've talked to so many people, especially women, whose brains, we're just like, that's what it feels like in our brain. And sometimes I'm just like, shut up. I don't really even know who I'm talking to, but just like, shut up in there. And 
listen. Ah, I don't know. Maybe you just need to take a deep breath. Whatever. I don't know. But either way, there's something that's very important about setting aside time to be intentional to listen. Um, and Oh, and it costs you something. So it costs you time. It costs you, like, your thoughts. Maybe you're, like, addicted to productivity. Does anybody, uh, like, do you know what I mean by that? I've, like, been thinking about this this week. I think I'm addicted to productivity. I told Aaron that. I like to be productive. And every single day, what have I done? And I even want to toot my horn. I want to tell him what I've done. And I also want to say to the kids, do you know what I've done today? And it's just, like, I don't know why. I just think it makes me feel better. But, like, they don't give a crap. And, you know, even when the, their, their laundry's folded, honestly, they don't care about that either. But for me, I'm like, oh, I'm so productive. Anyway, giving up the idea that that equals productivity when the reality is sin- sitting aside time and turning my heart and my head to him is so much more productive. That's the whole mindset shift that has to happen. Like, that is productivity, because there's something that comes over us, whether it's peace, whether it's a download of a way that we could be more productive. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And so that is productivity. That is setting aside time. That costs you something. And we have to recognize that it's not just like, hey, like, yeah, we're going to do this. No, it costs you something, and you have to be willing to sacrifice it. Anything that you go after in life costs you something, whether you have to pay $1,000 for it or you have to take vacation days for it, it costs you something. And so why, why not this? And I don't care. I'm willing because he look what he did for us. Like, it's okay. I'm willing for it to cost me something. Okay. Um. Interestingly enough, like in the, in the book of John, right after this whole story where, where uh, Mary anoints Jesus' feet, like the next part of that is the triumphant entry, the story that's listed right after that in the Bible. I don't know the timeline, you know, for sure, but I just think that like the importance of what I'm saying today about this intentionality and about choosing to listen to him, that's where revelation comes. That's how you know him more. If you're struggling in a sin cycle, in my opinion— when you take time to sit and listen and get to know him more, sin cycles break in those, in those times because now I know him more. I understand his character. I'm closer to him, and for that reason, I'm purified. I'm justified because I'm knowing more about him. I'm more in awe of him. I want to be more like him. It's just like it's the beauty of how it all flows. Um, and so now, so, so this opportunity that we have to where this costs us something, we're willing to say yes to that, and now— what I want to do, it's only 11.34. We've got plenty of time. Maybe that's four minutes fast. Let's say it's 11.30. Um, I want you to partner. I want you to not partner up. I want you to be in a small group. And we're going to do a small group. Now, this is the time to where you're going to be real. Okay? This is the time to be real, to be vulnerable, to speak some of this stuff out. And I have three questions for you that I want you to discuss in your group. So I want you to throw this up here. Because the whole thing is, um, when I do, when I talk about stuff like this, I think it's important that in the moment that you apply it in the moment, that you acknowledge the things that are pricking your heart, and then you take a chance to um, figure out what you're going to do about it. So the first question you guys are going to talk about is knowing him a priority to me. Well, first we have to, we actually have to say, well, actually, is that a priority? And I want you to be honest. And then number two, if not, why? If yes, what new understanding do I want from him? I, I think that's important as well. It's like, when I want to know more about him, when knowing him is an, a, a priority to me, it's okay to hone in on, like, what do you want to learn? 
If you aren't sure, that's great, because then he'll just tell you all kinds of things. It's really amazing. But what do you want to learn from him? What do you want to gain understanding from, I should say? And then number three, am I willing to be intentional to listen and seek and grow, and I could even add, and be stretched, right? So those are the keys, in my opinion. You gotta first, you gotta say, is it even a priority to me? Like, yes or no? And then what do you want to learn? And then are you willing to do what it takes? It's gonna cost you something. And just bringing the attention to this prior to this season, I mean, you could do this anytime, obviously, but this is a ripe season for the Lord to show up in your life because we already have this idea of Easter and his resurrection and his death and everything. And so what, what, are, what are the answers to those questions? Okay, so I'm going to give you five minutes. So if you're a person who talks a lot, don't take up the whole time talking, all right? So like three to five people in your group, ready, set, go. Go, 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 go. If you're online and you're with somebody, you guys can talk there, or you can post your comments and thoughts um, in the comments on Facebook or YouTube.
got about one minute. I can't tell if you guys are just really engaged. I feel like maybe you are. Or you just love each other that much. You just have so much to say. Would you just stand? I'm going to read a couple of scriptures over you. Man, I know that there's probably still a few of you are just wrapping up, but um, I am like, this to me is the body of Christ. When I'm like looking around, um, and I just want to say thank you guys for just being so vulnerable. I don't want to be a part of a church where I come in and I leave and I don't get to talk about anything. I don't get opened up. I don't like change anything about me. And I think part of the stretching that the Lord does is when he asks us, hey, will you talk to the other brothers and sisters in the Lord about this stuff? And man, I just, you guys are amazing just to see, look around, just like watch the engagement and just the, I just know that the Lord is just moving and working. And I think sometimes it's like our desire is I want to know him more. I want to, I want revelation. I want healed. I, these, like your desire is there. And then I know that there's this side that's like, how do I get there? And I just want that so bad. And you know what? I just believe that it is the power of the Holy Spirit it is by the blood of the cross that this stuff happens. And in your desire and your hunger, he responds. 
And so if you believe that, I just want you to raise your hand because I believe that there's people in here that are like, I want this and I just am mad because sometimes I can't get there. And this is by faith and by knowing that the scriptures that I'm about to read over you are life. They are truth. They are the breath of life. This is the word. This is Jesus himself that comes to dwell. And so in Jeremiah 29, 13, I just want, I'm going to read this over you and I just want you to receive this. It says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. That's a promise. And then Jeremiah 33, 3 says, ask me. I love this. Ask me. And I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. So come on. He's not just a God who just says this stuff and then doesn't respond. He does it. And then the last one, I'm just going to, I just declare this over you guys. This is Psalm 27, 4. It says, one thing I ask of the Lord. And I just declare this is a hearts in this room. This is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. So would you just put your hand on your heart? I just wanna close this out in prayer this morning. Lord, thank you that your word is truth. That if you tell us to seek, that we will find, then we will seek and we will find. If you tell us to ask and you'll answer, then we will ask and we trust that you will answer. You are not a faraway God. You are not playing tricks on us. You do not desire that we would beg and beg and beg and beg. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for the work that you do. I thank you, Lord, that you are showing up in great and mighty ways in our hearts. Lord, I thank you for the deep revelation that's coming this week, just as all of us in this room just actively seek you, that we're intentional, that we set aside time, that we clear our thoughts just to hear, just like Mary who sat at your feet just to listen. I thank you, Lord, that as we do that, that you respond in great and mighty ways, more than we expect, more than just one answer that we want to hear from you, that you go way beyond, that you make yourself so real, (laughs) that we become a body of believers who know you, who have been with you, who have seen you, who felt you, who, who understand and know you even deeper. We just thank you that in this season, Lord, that we prepare our hearts, that we recognize what, what you've done for us, Lord, that you would just show us so many things and all the messages that this season brings. We trust you. We, we, we believe. We believe that even the frustrations of wanting but not yet feeling or seeing or, or having it yet, Lord, that you are moving and that you are working in it. And we just love you, trust you, we praise you, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Hey, uh, what prayer team is going to come up, if you want even further prayer, maybe there's just really something that you need someone to just pray into for you, that they're going to be up here to do that. So prayer team will come. The rest of you, I love you guys. We, uh, we love you so much. Have an awesome, awesome Sunday. Oh, grab some Easter cards. I think there should be some out on the info desk. If you want to invite somebody to Easter service, there's some cards out there for that. If not, we'll see you guys throughout the week.